Chapter Seventy Eight of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu. Chapter Seventy Eight in which while the harmony continues in father roach's front parlour a few discords are introduced elsewhere and dr toole arrives in the morning with a marvellous budget of news the good people who had established themselves in poor nutter's domicile did not appear at all disconcerted by the priest's summons his knock at the hall door was attended to with the most consummate assurance by m m s maid just as if the premises had belonged to her mistress all her days between this huzzy and his reverence who was in no mood to be trifled with there occurred in the hall some very pretty sparring which ended by his being ushered into the parlour where sat mistress matchwell and dirty davy the tea-things on the table and an odour more potent than that of the chinese aroma circulating agreeably through the chamber i need not report the dialogue of the parties showing how the honest priest maintained under sore trial his character for politeness while addressing a lady and how he indemnified himself in the style in which he discoursed the attorney how his language fluctuated between the persuasively religious and the horribly profane and how at one crisis the conversation although he had self-command enough to bow to the matron he was on the point of cracking the lawyer's crown with a fine specimen of irish oak which he carried in his hand and in fact nothing but his prudent respect for that gentleman's cloth prevented his doing so but supposing ma'am said his reverence referring to the astounding allegation of her marriage with nutter for the sake of argument it should turn out to be so in course you would not like to turn the poor woman out of doors without a penny in her pocket to beg her bread your friend upstairs sir intended playing the lady for the rest of her days answered m m with a cat-like demureness sly and cruel at my cost and to my sorrow for twenty long years or nigh-handed she has lived with my husband consuming my substance and keeping me in penury what did she allow me all that time not so much as that crust ha ha no not even allowed my husband to write me a line or send me a shilling i suppose she owes me for her maintenance here in my house out of my property fully two thousand pounds make money of that sir and my lawyer advises me to make her pay it or rather to make her account mum or you will if she's disposed to act fairly take anything you may be advised to be reasonable and equitable mum interposed dirty davy that's it resumed madam mary i don't want her four bones let her make up one thousand pounds that's reason sir and i'll forgive her the remainder but if she won't then to jail i'll send her and there she may rot for me you perceive sir continued the attorney your client i mean your friend 
has fixed herself in the character of an agent all the late gentleman's money you see went through her hands an agent or a steward to charles nuther deceased and a court of equity will hold her liable to account you see and we know well enough what money's passed through her hands annually and whatever she can prove to have been honestly applied we'll be quite willing to allow but you see we must have the balance balance said the priest incensed beyond endurance if you stay balancing here my joker much longer you'll run a reasonable risk of balancing by the neck out of one of them trees before the door so you're threatening my life sir said the attorney with a sly defiance you lie like the devil sir saving your presence mum don't you know the differ sir between a threat and a warning you bastoon thundered his reverence you're striving to provoke me to a breach of the pace as the company can testify said dirty davy you lie again you you fat crater tis trying to provoke you to keep the pace i am listen to me the both o' yees the lady upstairs the mistress of this house and widow of poor charles nutter mrs sally nutter i say is well liked in the parish and if they get the wind o' the word all i say's this so sure as you're found here holdin wrongful possession of her house and goods the boys of palmerstown castle knock and chapel is it will pay yees a visit you won't like and duck yees in the river or hang yees together like a pair of common robbers as you unquestionably are not he added with a sudden sense of legal liability who's that demanded the lynx-eyed lady who saw pat moran crossed the door in the shadow of the lobby that's mr moran a most respectable and muscular man come here to keep possession madam for mrs sally nuther our good friend and neighbor mum replied the priest as you please sir replied the attorney you're tumbling yourself and your friend into a nice predicament as good a constructive ouster v et armus as my client could possibly desire of course sir we'll seek compensation in the regular way for this violent trespass and we have you criminally you observe no less than civilly now look understand me don't affect to mystique have you please said the priest not very clear or comfortable for he had before had one or two brushes with the law and the recollection was disagreeable ay mr moran we're here sir the both of us as you see peaceably and and all to that and at the request of mrs sally nother mind that too at her special desire and i tell you what's more if you make any row here do you mind i'll come down with the magistrate and the soldiers and leave it to them to deal with you accordin mind ye to law and equity 
civil human criminal and divine and make money o that ye ye mountain in labour save in your presence mum i thank you that'll do sir said the lawyer with a lazy chuckle i'll now do myself the honour to make my compliments to mrs sally nuther said father roach making a solemn bow to mrs matchwell who with a shrill sneer pursued him as he disappeared with the lady in the bedroom your reverence whereat dirty davy renewed his wheezy chuckle nothing daunted the indignant divine stomped resolutely upstairs and found poor sally nutter to whose room he was joyfully admitted by honest betty who knew his soft honest brogue in a panic the violence of which had almost superseded her grief so he consoled and fortified the poor lady as well as he could and when she urged him to remain in the house all night my dear mom says he lifting his hand and shaking his head with closed eyes you forget my character why the house is full of females my darling mrs nutter i-i couldn't entertain such an idea and besides said he with sudden energy recollecting that the goose might be overdone there's a religious duty my dear mom the holy sacrament waitin a pair to be married but pat morin will keep them quiet till mornin and i'll be down myself to see you then so my sarvice to you mrs nutter and god bless you my dear mum and with this valediction the priest departed and from the road he looked back at the familiar outline of the mills and its thick clumps of chimneys and two twinkling lights and thought of the horrible and sudden change that had passed over the place and the inmates and how a dreadful curse had scathed them making it till lately the scene of comfort and tranquillity to become the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird dr toole arrived at ten o'clock next morning with news that shook the village the inquest was postponed to the evening to secure the attendance of some witnesses who could throw a light it was thought on the inquiry then dr toole was examined and identified the body at first confidently but said he in the great parlour of the phoenix where he held forth though the features were as like as two eggs it struck me the forehead was a thought broader so said i i can set the matter at rest in five minutes charles nutter's left upper arm was broken midway and i set it there would be the usual deposit where the bone knit and he had a sword thrust through his upper shoulder chicotrized and very well defined and he had lost two under teeth well the teeth were gone but three instead of two and on laying the arm bone bare twas plain it had never been broken and in like manner nothing wrong with the right shoulder and there was nothing like so much deltoid and biceps as nutter had so says i at once be that body whose it may tis none of charles nutter's and to that i swear gentlemen and i had hardly made an end when twas identified for the corpse of the french hairdresser newly arrived from paris 
who was crossing the Liffey on Tuesday night, you remember, had the old ferryboat slip, and fell in and was drowned. So that part of the story's ended. But gentlemen, continued Toole, with the important and resolute bearing of a man who has a startling announcement to make, I am sorry to have to tell you that poor Charles Nutter is in jail. In jail? was echoed in all sorts of tones from his auditory with an abundance of profane ejaculations of wonderment concern and horror a gentleman in the body of the jail then it came out that nutter had been arrested that very morning in a sedan chair at the end of cook street and was now in the county prison awaiting his trial and that no doubt bail would be refused which indeed turned out truly so when all these amazing events had been thoroughly discussed, the little gathering dispersed to blaze them abroad, and Toole wrote to Mr. Gamble to tell him that the person, Mary Matchwell, claiming to be the wife of Charles Nutter, has established herself at the mills, and is disposed to be troublesome, and terrifies poor Mrs. Sally Nutter, who is ill. It would be a charity to come out and direct measures. I know not what ought to be done, though confident her claim is a bag of moonshine and lies, and if not stopped, she'll make away with the goods and furniture, which is mighty hard upon this unfortunate lady, etc., etc. That Mary Matchwell, as I think, ought to be in jail for the assault on Sturk. Her card, you know, was found in the mud beside him, and she's fit for any devil's work. This was addressed by Toole to his good wife. That card said jimmy who happened to be triturating a powder in the corner for little master barney sturk and who suspended operations and spoke with a pestle in his fingers and a very cunning leer on his sharp features i know all about that card you do do you and why didn't you speak out long ago you vagabond said tool well then come now what's in your knowledge box out with it why, I had that card in my hand the night Mr. Nutter went off. Well, go on. Twas in the hall at the mill, sir. I knew it again at the barracks the minute I seen it. Why, tis a printed card. There's hundreds of them. How'd you know one from t'other, wise head? Why, sir, twas how this one was walked on, and the letter M in Mary was tore across, and on the back was writ in red ink, for Mrs. McNamara, and they could not read it down at the barracks, because the wet had got at it, and the end was mostly washed away, and they thought it was McNally or McIntyre, but I knew it the minute I seen it. Well, my tight little fellow, and what the dickens has all that to do with the matter? asked Toole, growing uneasy. The dickens a much, I believe, sir only as mr nutter was going out he snatched it out of my hand in the hall there and stuffed it into his pocket you did not tell that lying story did you about the town you mischievous young spalpeen demanded the doctor shaking his disciple rather roughly by the arm no i-i didn't i did not tell sir what is it to me answered the boy frightened you didn't tell not you truly i lay you a tenpenny bit there isn't a tattler in the town 
but has the story by rote a pretty kettle of fish she'll make of it and your meddling and lying if twas true twould be another matter but hold your tongue how the plague are you to know one card from another when they're all alike and mrs mcnamara mrs macfiddle i suppose you can read better than the adjutant ha <laughs> ha well my words you've got yourself into a pretty predicament i'd walk twice from this to the county courthouse and back again only to look at it a pleasant cross hackling the councillors will give you and if you prevaricate you know what that is my boy the judge will make short work with you and you may cool your heels in jail as long as he pleases for me and looky said toole returning for he was going out as he generally did whenever he was profoundly ruffled you remember the affidavit man that was whipped and pilloried this time two years for perjury eh look at it my fine fellow there's more than me knows how mr nutter threatened to cane you that night and a good turn twould have been and twouldn't take much to persuade an honest jury that you wanted to pay him off for that by putting a nail in his coffin you young miscreant go on do and i promise you'll get an airing yet you'll not like you will and so toole with a wag of his head and a grin over his shoulder strutted out into the village street where he was seen with a pursed mouth and a flushed visage to make a vicious cut or two with his cane in the air as he walked along and it must be allowed that master jimmy's reflections were a little confused and uncomfortable as he pondered over the past and the future with the pestle in his fingers and the doctor's awful words ringing in his ears end of chapter seventy eight recording by john brandon